Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. Welcome back. Oh, it's so good to be back. It has been a little bit crazy here. I don't know if you mentioned anything uh, last week in last week's podcast, but I was so sorry to miss the week, and I'm sure it was a great podcast. What did you talk about again? <laughs> I talked. We talked with Liz Winky, who is, of course, one of our – she's our intuitive eating guru on this show. And we talked about the word that I hate the most when it comes to describing clothing. It's an F word, and it's flattering. And it was oh. such a good episode. And we oh. delved into that word and then all sorts of other things. And, um, oh, I never and it was just a really good conversation. I think you need to listen to it. I never thought about that. Oh, but that's I've heard horrible. it so many times. And I have banned it from certain, um, oh. like <laughs> styling sessions that I've been in. And it's, and it may seem like a diva move, but it's more of like a, this is what I need to survive move. I've said we, you, I cannot hear the word flattering. I actually banned it. I didn't even say this in the podcast, but I banned it from wedding dress shopping. When I went with my mom and my sisters, I yes. was really clear that I said, I do not want to hear the word flattering. I do not want to hear that that dress is flattering on you because what it's saying is that dress does a good job of covering up what isn't the ideal about your body. Oh, Elizabeth, that's that's pretty darn deep. It was that intense. Is, that is very intense. And I, I know, never sometimes thought we about laugh, that. Sometimes we cry around here. I don't know what to tell <laughs> Did you. Did you cry last week? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Maybe a little bit. I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I want to talk about uh, some happiness tricks. And Yay. just a little light conversation that I wanted to have. I saw this article. It's from Real Simple on Instagram. And I wanted to talk about it because right now, depending on who you follow, you're going to see a lot of people talking about how hard they're going to hit the summer coming oh, out of yeah. the pan, coming out of the pandemic. We're going to hit the summer hard and it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. And I just feel like that's not what it's all about. <laughs> I know. Can and, we just learn nothing from the last year and a half? I know. And so I just thought I saw this little article from Real Simple, just about some quick little happiness tricks. And to me, happiness is a habit. That's all it is. And yeah. just it's a because- practice more than it is like a, an end goal state. It, I, I do think that's a really important distinction, Marjorie. Yeah. It, that it we mentioned because when people say like, that doesn't make me happy or he doesn't make me happy or I'm not happy anymore. I want to go. Number one. I don't think that anything external should be responsible for your happiness. Right. And then number two, happiness is not, it's not like you do all these things and then, or you have all these things and then all of a sudden, okay, great. I'm a happy person. It is a daily practice of choosing happiness in whatever moment. And then also understanding that in unhappy moments, they will pass until you get to another happy moment. 
exactly. And that's what I loved about this article. It's funny. It was in Real Simple Magazine and, and they post it and I Googled it because I was trying to find it again this morning. <laughs> and it was so funny, Elizabeth, because what came up, like, Real Simple does this same article every year. So <laughs> that's smart. So, so I'm going from doing like that. 2013, 2014, 2015. So if you Google it, you'll find many little tricks to happiness. But I do think what Elizabeth just said and what I had said is really important is that happiness is passing. And if you know that, it makes the unhappy moments better. Yeah. But it also, I think, in terms of raising children and sort of what we talk about here every week is our nest. If happiness is a habit, it's something that you can model for the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I mean your spouse, I mean your kids, I mean your pets, whatever. If you're modeling that it's a habit and these little tricks, these are things that, and this is what I love most about this article, these are things that you can share with your kids to help them at school, to help them when they have a moment, when they're feeling unhappy or they need a little jolt of happiness. These are things that you can do with them. I mean, they're just simple little tricks. So I thought it'd be a fun little conversation. So... Here we go. I'm going to ask you if you do any of these things. So the first one, the first happiness trick is called uh, dopamine dressing, which I love the idea of this is that you only put on an outfit or you put on a color that makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, I really love that you're talking about that because that really is a beautiful segue out of our conversation with Liz Winkie last week, which was about picking clothes that fit you well, that you feel good in right? and what that does for you. She said it's wearing something that either is like ill-fitting or doesn't feel good on you is akin to walking around with a rock in your shoe and wondering why is my foot so, why can I only think about my foot? Why am I so uncomfortable? Why can I not, why is this stupid foot bothering me so much? It's not your foot. It's the rock in your shoe. If you're wearing things that like are uncomfortable or don't fit well, or you don't, you don't feel good in, it's this, why is your body bothering you? It's not your body. It's the clothes. Well, this goes back to something that I have been living for the last four weeks. So I've mentioned it. We haven't gone into great detail. We will at some point on the podcast, but my mom now lives in the house next door to mine. We mm-hmm. have like this little, it's hard to explain, but we're kind of up on a hill in some woods, just these two little houses. So it's it looks so like fun. a little, it looks like a little compound. It's really, it is kind of fun. And to get to her house, I literally walk along a little rocky path. Aww. So it's like, and she's got, hers is like a thousand square foot house with a beautiful little garden in front. Thank you, Tammy and Trevor. That's who we bought the house from. It's got a little garden in front. So it's, it's darling. So my sister brought her here, Elizabeth, and brought a bunch of clothes. And when my sisters were taking care of her, okay, I'm going to say this to any of my sisters who are going to listen to this one. Don't be mad at me. I'm just going to speak my truth. They would take pictures of her to send, you know, to the sister thread Yeah, in clothes that I know my mother would never put on, <laughs> ever, because my mother was a is a beautiful dresser. Even casual dressing, she would put on a pair of slacks. Yeah. And she would wear a blouse and she would have a necklace and she would have beautiful earrings and she would, she would dress. And so they would send me these pictures of her in sweatpants and a t-shirt with the collar a little blown out. And I'd be like, what the hell are you doing, people? (laughs) So when my, and I know what they were doing is she was very sick and everybody was just coping. You know, everybody was just trying to get through and putting on the easiest clothes. To take on and off. I mean, my mother was in hospice, for God's sakes. Right. But I don't care. Even if you're in hospice, (laughs) 
you need to dress to feel good. And so when she came here, I went through her work. I said, Mom, we're fixing this situation. Yeah. Where did these clothes come from? And she said, most of them were hand-me-downs. So, so that means they were like hand-me-downs from my nieces and from my sisters. I'm like, okay, which of these are not? I, I could go through and sh- I knew which ones were not her clothes. So right. we went through them all. We got rid of all of them and gave them away. Oh, And then I went shopping and I bought her some beautiful linen things for the summer, Great. which I think she would love. And I brought them home and I did a little fashion show for her. Do you like this? Do you like this? Do you like this? Cute. She liked everything that I bought for her that were very much in her taste. I know her color wheel. I know, I know yeah. everything about how she dresses. So I, and so I did all of that. But the great part was the next day after I bought those clothes, Elizabeth, my sons were supposed to come. This was on a Friday. My sons were supposed to come on Sunday. And every day my mom would ask, when are the boys coming? When uh-huh. are the boys coming? And she would forget because she has some short-term memory issues. Yeah. So I walk in Friday morning. She has a, a woman that comes to the house to help her get dressed and sort of feed her breakfast and all that stuff. Yeah. So I walk into the house on Friday morning. She's wearing all of the linen and she looks fantastic. Oh. And she's like, what time will the boys get here? Oh. She thought they were coming that day. So she had dressed up. We had cut her hair. She was in full. She was back. But this goes back to dopamine dressing. Mm -hmm. If you have to feel good in it or or you can't be happy. So I loved that because I'm seeing it play out in real time, even for her. I think that's a really beautiful story about your mom because – it shows you, I mean, first of all, I love that your mom graduated from hospice. Let's talk about that. Okay. That's like really pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, it doesn't happen for a lot of people. No, no. I mean, I, I just had to like, you just casually said it. So I had to like make a point of it. Right. Um, that's incredible. But it also is that reminder of no matter where you are in life, no matter what's happening in life, there is dignity that comes with dressing well. And, and happiness is kind of like the little clickbait name here on this article and as you go through, but it is about something deeper than that and that dignity and that, and almost like she has something to live for and to dress for. And we can all use that in any moment. Right. Right. And that's what I wanted her to feel that she gets to be herself every day that she has left on this earth. She gets to be herself yeah, and that that matters. It matters that she spent 86 years of her life looking fabulous why in the last couple years of her life, why should that change? Why should that change? She gets oh, that's to be really good. exactly who she is. So I, love that. I do love that one. And I think that's a good message for all of us. I was doing that a little bit in Tempe for myself as I was packing. I was wearing different outfits and if it didn't feel good, I just gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why am I keeping this? Have fewer things, have fewer yeah. things that you really love. I mean, that's the key. It's not about like going out and dropping thousands of dollars. Nope. It's about, it's actually about freeing yourself from the stuff that's just taking up space. Absolutely. Okay. Really so good. we're talking about an article that was in Real Simple. I actually found it on Instagram and they're just little, as they say, expert, expert backed attitude adjusters. Mm. So another one that they have is be a fly on the wall. And I don't know that I really do this. And, and so I'd be curious if you do. And they talk about if you're in a situation that's sort of making you unhappy, of sort of extricating yourself from the in it of it and removing yourself and distancing yourself to be able to sort of look at it from many different perspectives to sort of adjust your attitude about it. That might be fair. I think also in like a workplace situation, sometimes you can get really 
just emotionally invested and a little bit right. to where you're taking really personally what other people are doing and sort of forgetting that mainly what other people are doing have to has to do with them, not with right. you. Right. And by stepping back a little bit, maybe you can just kind of temper your own emotions and your own reactions a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when I think about I, I think that's a great way to look at work situations in particular because those should be easier for us to step back from. For sure. So that's a good one. So another one, these are sort of things that can help you be happy. Uh, map your social universe. Now, I really love this one. I'm going to read you a little bit from the article. It said, deepening our present connections is a good way to enhance well-being, uh, says Dan Tomasulo, PhD, author of Learned Hopefulness. Try this exercise. Draw a symbol of yourself it can be as simple as a circle on a sheet of paper and label it with your name. Then draw everyone in your life, visually representing their importance. If your aunt lives far away but is a strong, positive influence, draw her symbol far from yours but large. A frenemy symbol may be close but small. Next, identify one person in this map you'd like to connect with more deeply. Take action in the next 30 days. I do, I do love this. And I think this is something I think you do particularly well every day of your life. You keep connected to your friends in a really wonderful way. Yeah. I, Don't you? I, being connected to my friends is important. Yeah. And I feel like I like to, I also really like to keep connected with people who knew me before, but kind of like I had a public job. I think that's, oh, that's important. And that's, that's just really important to me. And that is where I can feel even more just at home. That being said, I mean, I really am enjoying making new friends and making friends of my kids' friends, you know, all right. of that, which is funny because that was never modeled to me. My parents had no friends, absolutely <laughs> no friends. They were friendless. They will tell you this. It was never like my parents were like, we're going to a friend's cabin. We're going to go stay right. with friends or we're going oh to God. go. We're going to have all these friends over with their kids. It was never like that. Their entire social circle was church and that's not an even yeah. playing field when your dad is the pastor. They're not your real friend. I'm it, Listen, they can be your it, – you can different. have a relationship with them, but they're not your friends when it's yeah. your pastor. They're just not. Because the weird thing is, is the congregation is technically your boss. Yes, yes. It's, so, so it's, it's a dynamic weird, that is not dynamic. friendship. Yeah. No, it's no. not friendship. So that was not modeled for me, and that's something that's so important to me. So it's kind of funny to have that. I think about that with my kids. Like I take them – we have multiple like – family friends things oh, that we great. do all the time that my kids are growing up with our friends as kids and it's mine or Jay's or, or our combination friends. How did you become that way if it wasn't modeled for you? I just always found friends to be important. And my parents definitely supported me having friends. I mean, they right, were always, right. our house was always very open to my friend. I mean, my friends will remember growing up at our house oh, um, and spending nice. a lot of time at our house. They, my parents were always very open to us having friends over and sleepovers. Right. And, and so, and that's just kind of the way my community was. You know, we grew up in a suburb of, of Minneapolis and, and, that was how it was people easy. were, even though it wasn't really like that for my parents on an individual level. A personal question for you, because now I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. Have your parents changed that pattern? Because for I, I look at their age, they're in their 60s. Yeah. This might be an important time where if they never had a circle of friends in the past, that it might be important for them to develop them now. Well, they have a circle of friends that are my friend's parents. <laughs> Oh, interesting. So they kind of ended up oh, friends with them. And then 
And my mom is better about having friends than my dad. Right. Um, and they just have a few close, they have very that's few good. close friends. That's good. And that's it. But it's, uh, but I don't even know, I don't even know how much they like really, I don't know if they like really share the good, bad and the ugly. I think they like enjoy spending time with them. I don't, maybe they do. Maybe they just don't tell me about it, but. Right. <laughs> Maybe you don't know everything about your Maybe parents. Maybe I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Maybe I don't know everything about them. And my parents clearly are done with me because they gave me a big bag of all my stuff. My portfolio of my senior photos, my senior pictures where I am wearing nothing but denim and khaki and some sort of angsty face because back then in the late 90s, it was becoming very into sort of look off into the distance and like only smile without showing your teeth. And I, and they gave me the, the like folded yeah, they're thing done. with yeah, they're all with my you. pictures. They're done. It happens. It happens. They want their house back. But they want I your didn't stuff even out. have very much stuff there. Like <laughs> well, long ago, my dad gave me a folder with all of like my important documents and they had me get all my bins of like my stuff out. Right. But now they don't even care about the stuff that they have kept of me. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't even told them how deeply offended I was by that That's delivery. Right. That's right. See, I'm still in the phase where I'm going through all of the bins and keeping the things the kids drew when they were yes. five. So oh, my I, parents are done. They're completely done with that. Well, they're way ahead of me. I think because they, they want their stuff from their grandkids. Like I'm Bernie oh, probably funny. has artwork framed in that house and there's nothing of me. Oh, that is so funny. It happens. It just happens. Now, I will tell you back to the social circle thing, because yeah, yeah. this is, this, this is an article about just sort of little happiness hacks. And I was overwhelmed a couple of weeks ago. And so I, I did this even be, I'm, and maybe I read this and just didn't remember that I had read it. <laughs> and I thought, who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to talk to? And, I have a friend, Megan, who I don't get to talk to very often, yeah. get to talk to. I don't talk to. I could pick up the phone anytime. That's on me. I made it seem like somebody I don't was... get to because the phone lines are always busy. Right? So I just thought, I want to talk to Megan. So I just called her. And it's she's one of my friends who I've known forever. She was a friend that I made when I lived in Atlanta. And we talked for like an hour, hour and 20 minutes. And... She's one of those fabulous people that it doesn't matter that we haven't talked for five That's years. Great. I have a friend, and, Megan, like that too. Yeah. It must be the name Megan. They're yeah. just, Megan's are fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Engage in mental time travel. Okay. So it says, if you can't shake feelings of worry and despair, think about how you'll feel a month, a year, or a decade from now. Oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. I actually like this. And you know why? I, I just thought about this this morning when I was packing Heathcliff up. So I was packing Heathcliff, by the way, is eight months old today. My little oh. handsome, oh, this oh, little boy, I need pictures. he's just my gem. I love him so much. So <laughs> I was, so kind of what we do is we take the big kids, the big kids go to school earlier than Heathcliff. So right. the big kids go to school. I've got a setup where I can work from home and then I put him down for a nap. So he generally takes his morning nap at home and then I take him in and then I, you know, it's working out really well because then I can get work done and get ready while he's napping. And then, um, I went and dropped him off and I went to a meeting, you know, and I'm kind of all, all over the place, but then I just get a little bit more time with him at home while he's so little, which feels great. But I was packing him up and I was just like snuggling him and talking to him and he was so loving. And I thought, Boy, I wish I knew, you know, you just wish you knew with your first child what you know with your third. Yeah. Like you just yeah. wish that you, that I had known 
that it was going to go by so fast. And you don't know until you know. But at the same time, I was thinking like in in five years, it's going to be so different from what it was five years before, especially when right. you have little kids. I mean, you don't even need to go a decade. You need to just go a year. And, and it's completely different. And it's completely different. And so when you sort of envision how are you going to feel about that, how would you feel about this moment, this very stressful thing in five years? Generally, if you can look five years back on a lot of things, you can go, well, that really wasn't worth all that worry. But And some things are worth the worry. And sometimes you have to just go, well, yeah, here's where I am. But other things you can kind of go, I don't know if I need to be, if I can just like t- take a little step back here. Yeah, I think to your point about most things you don't need to worry about. And, and sort of my epiphany on that. So I've talked a little bit about you know, I raised two boys yeah. with a certain amount of, um, I was very, um, I, I, I could be very anxious at times about yeah. their safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, when That's my son worked in news for a long time, yeah, probably when Gar was either 14 or 15, he had a grand mal seizure at oh, four yeah. o'clock in the morning. And it's, if you've ever had a child that has a seizure, it's just horrible. They leave. And so, our, this, sound, this is, I'm not comparing this, but our dog has had them and it is a very, it's very scary. No, no, you can compare, cause it's, it's just, it's that loss of consciousness, but at the same time there, you know, he was sort of foaming at the mouth. It happened yeah. at four o'clock in the morning. So Campbell actually found him cause they oh. shared a room and Thank Campbell goodness. came and got us and we got it and we probably did everything wrong because we had no idea what to do. So my yeah. husband was holding him up. You're supposed to put them on their side. I mean, everything, the paramedics came. I mean, it was a big darn deal. And by it's a longer story, but before he got it, before they put him in the ambulance, he regained consciousness. But then once we got to the hospital, um, they said, look, we got to do a CAT scan right away. We got to check and see. It could be a tumor. It could be epilepsy. It could be, it could be, it could be. So, right. you know, all of these things that you're thinking, oh my God. And, you know, when they go take your son away to see if he has a brain tumor, it's scary. And you're standing on the edge of a cliff and we got to back away from the cliff, which I'm ever so grateful. He did not have one. But I remember thinking at the time, I worry so much about my kids out in the world and here he was, safely tucked in bed. Yeah. And at four o'clock in the morning, probably one of the worst things that could have happened, happened. Right. Mm-hmm. We were really fortunate that it was seemingly, we don't know what caused it, but he isn't epileptic and it, you know, yeah. he didn't have a brain tumor. But I remember that- Some sort of short circuit or something. Yeah. Something. I mean, it, it they happen. But the weird thing is, is that you look at that and you go, with all the things I worry about- I can't control anything. I know. I can't control anything. Yeah. And so it's just a sort of a darker spin on exactly what you're saying is most things you really don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And so let them go. And the go. worrying isn't going to help. Nope. It's not going to make it better in that moment. It's not going to help prevent it from happening. I mean, you have to have safety parameters in place, but the worry is not is not going to help. Yeah. No. And it's one thing and, that and I think, it kind of clouds you. Then you don't you don't have room for to like really listen to the gut feelings that can actually give you direction if you're constantly just like da 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 spinning spinning spinning. 
I think you're exactly right. And I think that's a really important, especially for young parents, Mm -hmm. that's a really important thing to remember. I mean, you can worry. I mean, the the list goes on and on and on, but if you can, and I'm, I'm really grateful. I mean, I'm grateful to, I, I'm married to someone who does, his brain does not work that way. So he was always a great balance to me and a good model for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting. So engage in mental time travel. So take yourself out of the moment that you're in and look to the future to see if something's really going to matter. I do love this one. These are little happiness hacks. Rely on a lucky charm. Do you have a lucky charm? In this one, it says that Michael Jordan had his University of North Carolina Tar Heel shorts that he wore under his Chicago Bulls uniform. Oh, yeah. I don't have anything like this. Heidi Klum uh, revealed early in her career that she carries her baby teeth in a tiny bag for good luck, which I think is kind of funny. And I developed one actually the last five years when I was producing. We had gone to Puerto Rico and I'd gone to this to this jewelry store and they had this sort of handmade sterling silver impression. There's a there's a proper jeweler's term for it, but it, it's kind of like an impression of the Virgin Mary. Okay. And I grew up Catholic and when you grow up Catholic, the Virgin Mary, she looms large. <laughs> and it just it just felt so familiar. Like it was it was comforting to me in some you know, it's great. Iconic, weird way. And when I started wearing it, always sort of mid-season of whatever series I was producing, whenever, like, it would get, like, you know crunch time. Mm-hmm. You know TV crunch time. So, like, whenever it would get, like, a little crazy. And I would always just have it around my neck. And sometimes it had a very um smooth sort of good feeling to it. Yeah. And so it was very soothing. So it was very odd. So that would be my – that it was just – it felt good to have it on. I think that's good. Yeah, very Catholic to t- to think that the Virgin Mary was protecting me in my producing days. Very odd, very Catholic, but but that became sort of my my lucky charm. So you don't have one. I don't have one. I don't have any lucky charm. I don't really have like attachment to stuff like that that much. Did you ever pick a stone? Remember when we talked to the the woman about the rocks, crystals? And the pow- yeah, the crystals and the I have, have I have quite a few in my house, okay. and I actually just saw this store that I like that Kristen Brown introduced me to, which is called Jewel Weed in Wyzetta. They just posted on their Instagram a big square selenite, which is like oh, a yeah. healing stone and it's white and it's so beautiful. And I keep thinking about it. Like I keep thinking, right. oh, I think I would like that in my house. Like I think, I I just think that I would like it. And so I might just have to zip out to Wyzetta and get it. So I think, you know, when we talk about lucky charms, it can be something that you carry. But I also think in terms of that, I always remember mm-hmm. that conversation about crystals. It can be things that you look at in your home that make you feel centered I, and yeah, give you that totally little pop true. of happiness. So yeah, I think that's good too. Now we've talked about this one quite a bit. Embrace your body's stress signals. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. This is what we're working on, trying to prevent a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank we goodness have... for Bobby Wagner in that conversation recently. <laughs> yes. And then finally, and I think you are a little bit of this for me, ironically. Uh the last little happiness hack is find a gratitude partner. Oh um, wow. And we know how you feel about the word gratitude. I feel bad about forced gratitude. Yeah. Forced and I gratitude. don't think gratitude is the be all end all. But I do think on this podcast, we end up talking about a lot of the things that we're grateful for. Yeah. But we sort of do it in a show me, don't tell me kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I think you've inadvertently, in a beautiful way, become my gratitude partner. But do you have a gratitude partner? And it doesn't have to be me. No, I think um I I will. Well, I will say one, you know, the ritual that I've talked about on the podcast before that we do every night at dinner is tell me the best part of your day. 
Yeah. And we keep it yeah. simple. I mean, I don't, we don't do the highs and the lows. And I mean, I think the lows have a place too that I could do that. But, um, right. for our family, we just say, what's the best part of your day? And you know, my three year old Franklin, like, He's the one who asks for it more than anyone. Like if Does we don't say really? it, if if I don't say it right away, he says, "Wow, well, we didn't say the best part of our day." And then <laughs> he wants to say it. And then every time you say, "Okay, Frankie," and he always wants to go first. Right. Okay, Frankie, when what's the best part of your day? And then he goes, "Um, um, uh, uh, going to school, uh, playing with oh. my friends, Papa picking me up, and Mama making this dinner." <laughs> Oh my god. And so he like lists off the things that were good during the day, you know, and then we've got Bernie who's, you know, she's six, sometimes going on 16. Right. So occasionally we get the pass. I'm going to pass. Really? And then we have to go back and say, we don't pass. You can come up with one good thing. Even if it was just, I'm alive, you can say one thing that was good about your day oh, but yeah that's that. sort of what we're that's sort of what's happening right now but that Pass. that is kind of our our sort of family gratitude partnership is what was the best part of your day i think that's a great tradition i mean i kind of wish i had done that with my kids cuz i think that is a, just a great it's a great way to connect i think as a family yeah i think so because, too because instead of like a conversation card even though i don't i don't have a problem if your family uses conversation cards yeah, but it, no. it it spurs a discussion and it forces, again, I'm so into this brain book that I'm reading, but again, it, it forces a pathway mm-hmm. of having to, even like for Bernie, if she's going to say pass, her brain has to work. Okay, what's the pathway of gratitude? I right. have to find something to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. So in the article, it says sharing your thankfulness with another person is energizing. The doctor says it stimulates an upward spiral. So that's a beautiful thing to think about at your dinner table, that Franklin's little optimistic energy is forcing that whole table to spiral upward. And I think that that's a really, that's a really cool thing. And when I was reading this too, I thought about how many of us don't use our spouses as our gratitude partners, but instead we use them to vent or complain. And I would say this might be a good thing if you find yourself, and I certainly do that with Ian. I mean, he's the place where I can go and, and vent about everybody else in the world that I'm having a problem with. Mm-hmm. And, you, but, and you could even vent about him too. Yeah. Well, I and have I to do that. that with you. I do that. <laughs> oh, I vent to Jay about Jay. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. Totally do. I think so, it makes him want to hang out with me less, but I don't. I, I, this is just how it goes. Like, this so, is how it is. So maybe, Elizabeth, weave in a little of the gratitude partner in directly with Jay. But Not a bad idea. So those are the seven little happiness hacks that we would like to start your summer off with. I think that is very sweet, Marjorie, and um, and a nice way to look at it. And remember, happiness, it's a practice. Yep. It's a practice. And you don't you don't come to this podcast and think we're going to pressure you to be happy all the time. No. Because we're not. not in any way what we're going to do. We're not even going to pressure you to be happy once. We're just going <laughs> to just pressure you to just be. That's it. Just be. Didn't we take that out of our intro? Yes, At we did. Point- we used to say happy, healthy, beautiful homes. And then yep. and we both were like, we don't even like happy. What are we talking about? <laughs> so we, we changed it. We jettisoned it. We got rid we of it. We did. If you are enjoying this happy podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.